Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Renew Your Mind. This is episode number 12, and I'm coming here with you with my guy, Kimuel Hawkins. Uh, it's been a minute, man, since we've been been on this podcast. This is July 12th, I think, maybe or so, somewhere around in there. But uh, glad to have you back, man. Glad to be here. Yeah, so um, we're going to jump right back into it just, just like we normally do, and this was something that... Kimmy and I spoke about uh, last time as something that just in doing some research, not research, but just doing some reading. It was about the book of Habakkuk and the title of this Renew Your Mind episode I want to make. Uh, we've been here before. And Habakkuk is a prophet that in the Old Testament that um, is not really read a lot about. Right. It's only three. It's only three chapters. Mm-hmm. And. It's about a prophet who was obviously ordained of God, who questions God, right? Because the children of Israel have been um, acting up, for lack of a better term, and he's wondering how long this injustice, this debauchery, this evil will continue to go on. And to make a long story short, God answers him, and he's not happy with the answer that God gives him. He says that he's going to use the Chaldeans, which is kind of the modern day Babylonians at the time then, to destroy, not destroy Israel, but to really bring punishment. And he's not happy about that, right? So it leads to a lot of different questions, especially in the day and age that we're living in with COVID-19, the pandemic actually kind of coming back, um, which seemed to be a little bit under control, but it seems like it's roared back. And then in civil unrest, um, because of uh, racism and discrimination and police, uh, white police um, over-policing of, of African-American, primarily young men and women. And so I wanted to start off with this question, because I'm sure you you read those three chapters, right? And, and you can give even further insight onto what you think. Um, and we'll, we'll, we're going to try to combine something that happened thousands of years ago in a far off place than the United States, but the same God, right? So the same God that answered Habakkuk is the same God that's answering us. And I see a lot of parallels. Even in his first few few verses, he talks about injustice and how long we'll let this go on. And I, I think that's the cry of some of the people. African-Americans obviously are asking, how long will this injustice go on in America? And people who are struggling with, you know, we all are, the pandemic, how long will this continue? And those who have lost their jobs, how long will the economy be in a recession? There's a lot of questions that are out there. So my question to you is, as Christians, what are your feelings on questioning God? And then when he does answer, questioning his answer. I know it's a broad topic, but I'm going to turn it over to you and then I'll give you my thoughts. Mm. Um, you said, what are my thoughts on questioning God? And yes, it may be possibly in turn questioning the answer that he gives. Yes. Oh, man. I mean, it's questioning is is a is a necessary process. Um, you know, there there are a lot of theological anglings that people take on our relationship with God. Um, and I think it's up to every Christian, every person that's you know wants to delve into these uh into these waters to um be as open as possible. You know, there's there's real there's no real learning without questioning to me. So, you know, one one of those theological leanings that I'm talking about is this idea that questioning God some kind of way is it presents an issue, like it's disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Um my personal belief is that if if you if you think about God in terms of, you know, this um cosmic father, you know, God is 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 responsible for the entire creation and we don't really know how far that extends. You know, as far as we know, um, there's no limit to that. So when you, when, you, when I think about it from that perspective, here's little old me, and then there's the cosmic God. Why would questioning bother this guy why would god see that as disrespectful it just kind of seems petty to me in some ways i understand 
you know, having reverence for God and 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 you know a healthy respect. But I don't I don't see how you get any real answers if you don't if you don't question though. You know? Mm-hmm. Um in fact, I think deep questioning sometimes reveals more about you as a as the questioner um, than it does about God. Um, the fact that you even have certain questions I mean, it says a lot. You know, maybe you're an extremely curious person, um, maybe very passionate. You know, and, and those personality traits. Where did they come from? You know. A, a, when you look at Christian theology, we believe that God is the author of our personality traits. So someone that's naturally very passionate, very zealous, I would expect them to get in God's face. And then there's some people who are um, deep questioners, maybe don't ride the waves of, of passion as much as someone else does. And their questioning maybe takes on a different form. You know, it's, it's more intellectually based and you know, this person might be a researcher and and, and they might might love to um, be among people who like to question as well. But from that very kind of detached, more intellectual space. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that there's room at the table for all of that, man. And, and in my personal theology, I don't see how this powerful, omnipotent God some kind of way would have a problem with us questioning, even if that questioning took on what we would perceive to be a disrespectful tone. Okay. Okay. Well, let me, let me push back against a little bit of that. So I've, I've heard both arguments, right? Um, the, disres- the, the disrespectful part, which is um, kind of know your role, know your place. God is above reproach, right? He's above your questions. Um, but I've also heard and know and read that he is close to you, right? Mm-hmm. He we, we call him Abba Father, like Daddy, right? Mm-hmm. And my kids question me respectfully um, a lot. That with and I think it's the way they go about it, right? Mm-hmm. So I think about the Book of Job, and for those that are not familiar with it, the Book of Job it, it's it's a story of uh, a tragic um, happenings to a man that lived a very, very upright and righteous lifestyle. So much so that God put his um, his reputation on the line for Job. And Job lost all his children. Job lost all his money. Job lost his health. His wife basically um, was not supporting him in this time. And Job questioned God. He went on for about five or six chapters in the book of Job asking, why is this happening to me? Right? Why, why did all this? And God's reply to him, it's right around chapter 38, um, when when he answered Job, and he basically says, who are you? Or where were you when I was doing this? And where were you when I was doing that? And where were you when I was hanging the mountains and putting the stars up? Um, I think the thing that makes it different is that Job was frustrated, Right. And he was somewhat at his wit's end, but it said that God, that he never sinned, right? So I think if questioning God, it's all an approach, right? It's all an approach that I believe Job always, this is the way I think about it. The fact that he's coming to God means he's acknowledging that he's the one that can answer the question, mm-hmm. right? So I wouldn't ask my eight-year-old about the Thagorean theorem or the, you know, the theory of relativity, right? That'd be stupid on my part because I don't believe that they know the answer, right? So I agree to a large extent with what you're saying in that questioning God, if it's from a knowledge base, like I'm looking to learn, I'm looking to know, I'm looking looking to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think God's offended by that. But I, I feel like when I read, I get some sense that God at some point is like, let, let's let's remember who's who now, right? <laughs> like let's let's I love you very much. And there's been many a times as as parents when they say, because I said so, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's that's the way it is because I don't have to. I remember Paul once was talking, um, they were talking about how uh, you know that God uses certain things for um he because he's comparing him as a potter 
and and the potter uses some clay for base things and he uses some things for honorable things. But who are we to question the potter, right? Like that's the beauty of God is that he's sovereign. He answers to no one, right? So going back to the context of Habakkuk, and I'm going to give you a chance to respond, mm-hmm. but going back to the, chan- the, the, the text of Habakkuk, Habakkuk is a man that God has chosen to be the, the mouthpiece for him to the children of Israel, right? Mm-hmm. And he's coming from a place of frustration because like many of us, we live in this world and we're frustrated. We're frustrated with how people treat each other. We're frustrated by the fact that there's there's not justice that we feel is being done, that people are starving, that people um, seem to have their own moral compass that makes no real sense. And we, we wonder, Lord, how long, like how long will this continue? Um, and, and the answer that, that was given to him was, well, I'm going to take care of it the way I want to take care of it. So I'll, I'll turn it back over to you, but I still struggle with that, right? Like, um, I think seeking knowledge and wisdom from God is is by all means something he encourages, right? He wants us to do that. But it's all in the approach. It's all in your your heart. And even in, in going back to Job, it says in three, get ready to answer me like a man. When I question you, you will inform me. Um, who is this who obscures my counsel with ignorant words? Mm-hmm. So I think if we come from a place of ignorance, whereas we shouldn't be asking God about things that might be over our heads, right? Um, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So how does this, this infinite God able to relate to us, which he can, but how do we relate to him in, when it comes down to because I'm God? Like even when Moses said, well, who should I say has sent me? And he's like, I am. Tell him I am. That's all he needs to know. So I'll give it back to you. Mm. Man, you know what what comes to mind automatically. And, it, you know, I'll, I'll preface my statement by saying that I have an approach to God that works for me. And I would by no means say this is a template for everybody. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to use a basketball example. Um, I don't know if you, you well, of course, you pre-remember this because it's not that long ago. But, you know, when you were like maybe like 12 or so, you know, uh, and you wanted to get better at basketball. What what people would typically tell you is you need to go play with older, older kids or man, if you if you're bold enough, go play with the grown men. Yes. You know, and, and of course, they kind of look at you like, you know, hey, there's no way you can compete with us. You know, um, you get various kind of responses, but they, they know for the most part you can't compete on their level. But they also know that you're not going to get to where they are unless you compete on that level. And I look at our relationship with God in much the same way. I, I think that God smiles when we decide to get on the basketball court with him. You know, are we able to comprehend? No. But there's nothing wrong with stretching yourself to where you can understand more. So, I, you know, going back to what you were saying, I think the approach is really important um, only because it again, like it's, it's a reflection of where we are in our maturity. Um, and I don't I'm not necessarily necessarily even saying that Habakkuk Habakkuk was not mature in his approach. You know, the the way that the Bible is written and how it's laid out is very purposeful. You know, it, it there's so many layers in just that that three those three chapters of that book. It's not just a a story of a man who was frustrated and and he expressed his frustration. I think he was also speaking for the people of Israel as well. He himself might have been completely all right with stuff. You know, he he was a prophet. He was privy to information and access to God that that the the average uh Israelite wasn't. But I think he's speaking to the frustration of the people as well, especially, you know, the people that would have fit into that righteous camp. Um, So just to kind of go back and talk about that a little bit, you know, that's that's how we have to view the Bible. It's written in a way for us to learn something um, in and of itself. But 
Yeah, the, the the example of getting on the court with somebody that's more advanced than you. I don't I don't see how you could raise your level, you know, if 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 you're not willing to jump in the game to some extent. So that that was the example that came up right away as soon as you said that. Um, and again, you know, I preface my statement or my comments by saying that I'm I probably tend to be a little bit bolder with God than maybe the the average Christian. Um, Mm -hmm. And there was a time where I wasn't, you know, but I do believe that me being in that place right now has something to do with the the time spent with God, um, the understanding of God's ways. uh, And, and, you know, again, it's, it's a long journey of spiritual maturity, emotional maturity, mental, the whole nine yards. But, I know that I'm more mature than I was five years ago. Um, right. And another piece of that is that I think as you mature, there's certain questions you just don't really ask anymore, or there's certain frustrations that you probably had when you had less understanding and knowledge that you don't, you know, you don't have those frustrations now anymore. Um, so it's, it's multifaceted. And I think it can go in so many different directions, but I don't know, man. For me, the relationship with God, I, I, it, it has to be playful to me, you know. And and but again, that's the that's the relationship that I've built with God. Is it it does have some humor, and you know, there is a little bit of testing sometimes back and forth. Um, and for me, you know, my faith is fun. My my faith is vibrant, um, and it might be a little bit. Uh, outside of of what faith looks like for other people well i i can i can definitely relate to that because um i do a a morning devotional with a good friend of mine and i don't know how many times and that's, that's not just a devotional but sometimes in the car listening to a sermon or um reading even just something um non-scriptural or non-spirit related something I'm dealing with in my life or a question I have or something like that, mm-hmm. he'll answer it in a devotional or he'll answer it like multiple times with hearing the same song two or three times in the same day or the same week or something. Mm-hmm. And I smile and I'm like, man, come on. Right. Like, I'm like, uh, it, it, there is that, that humor that God does have a sense of humor to an extent that he's like right on time. Right. Like he's, he hears your prayer. Uh, but he's going to answer it in a maybe in an unconventional way, mm-hmm. right? So what it leads me to, though, coming kind of bringing it more full circle to modern day, is we we know the story of Habakkuk and the way it ends. And I'll just read the last couple of verses. So he's gone through this back and forth with God, and God has basically said, "This is my plan." Um, and Habakkuk says, and at the end. Um, I heard and I trembled within my lips, quivered at the sound, rotten, rottenness entered my bones. I trembled where I stood. Now I must quietly wait for the day of distress. So he's like, I heard what God says. The Chaldeans are coming. Mm-hmm. There's not much I can do about it mm-hmm. to come against the people invading us. Though the fig tree does not bud and though there's no fruit on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food. Though the flocks disappear from the pen and there are no herds in the stalls, yet I will celebrate in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord, my the Lord, my Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like those of a deer, and He enables me to walk on mountain heights. So, the, to summarize the story, he says, "I've accepted this, right? Um, I have said my piece. I have heard from God. Uh, not all the way okay with or understand what's going on. This I do know." right? Is that God's good. God will provide. He's in charge. He's smarter than me. He's got a better plan. He sees the bigger picture. He knows the beginning from the end, right? Like that's the constant. So moving forward to modern day, how do we, well, let me ask this. Do do modern day Christians, and I know that's a big, big group, right? Mm -hmm. Those who profess to know Jesus Christ in, in America, most specifically, do they have an appetite or a capacity for that type of mindset where I think you and I do, right? Because we, we've just been doing this for so long. We've just kind of accepted that God is sovereign, 
that he's in charge, that we're not easily offended. We're not easily moved. Um, but for maybe those that are not there that are like, um, you know, what if this racial injustice thing never gets better? Right. What if this COVID thing lingers on for two or three years? What if, um, my image or view of the American dream never comes to fruition? I I know that's, that's a whole nother topic we can talk on, but my expectations are not being met as a Christian. Right. Do they have an appetite for the attitude that Habakkuk does? Mm. <laughs> Somewhere in all of us, I believe we have we have that that appetite. Um, it gets covered over by a lot of stuff um, often. That's and that's all of us. Um, the pursuit of the American dream. You just you just mentioned that. You know that is such a small part of this whole thing. You know, if, if you even just dwell on dwell on why you're here, you know, why were you born? Why were you born at this particular time? Um, you know, right now we we're in a very um, special time. It's it's tumultuous. But any time that great change is on the horizon, there's always going to be chaos. So we're, we're born in, into a very special time. Um, and it's. It's requiring that we take stock of what our expectations of life are. Um, what does success look like? What does faith look like for for you know for Christians? What does it mean to be a disciple of Christ right now? All of that's on the table. Um, the desire is there to go deeper for sure. I think it's implanted in every in every human heart. Um, and I personally believe that times we live in are stripping away all of that's not necessary. You know, it's, it's a focusing time. Um, and you could, of course, try to bury your head in the sand and act like the time that we're living in is not what it is. But I think that's virtually impossible to do now. I don't think anybody on this planet can can do that at this time. Um, so it's 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 a uh, I don't know. It's, it's somewhat of a, um, a purifying uh, phase that we're in right now. And if you're not at that place, I, I, I just feel like we're in a time where your readiness is going to be accelerated. You, you kind of don't have a choice. I mean, in, in the book of Habakkuk, you know, if, if you study the history and the time period that it, that the book was purported to have been written, this is right at the time where the power structures are beginning to shift. Um, Prior to the Babylonians, it's the Assyrians that had all of the power. They were the world power. Well, now it's getting ready to shift. And through that whole biblical period, you see you see the shifting of kingdoms happen pretty quickly um, from the standpoint of human history, from Egypt to Assyria to now Babylon to eventually Persia. And then you get to Greece and then you get to Rome. And then if we want to take it all the way up to today, I mean, America would be the biblical version of Rome or any of these other empires. Um, and we're right in the midst of another shift. So it, you have, I don't think you have a choice, but to be ready, you know, um, it is, it's been great for us in the past to, to have a more conscious um, approach to building our faith, but, Right now, I think we're kind of beyond that. We're we're all in a space where we have we have to shift. We don't really don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Well, here here's what my observation, and I think you made some some excellent points, um, especially with the 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 biblical biblical history of of kind of where this came from and where we're right now. Mm-hmm. Is I've got a daughter who's going to be twenty in December, right? So I I I talk with her a lot, right, and I. And um, she's a Christian, but she's a young Christian, right? So she she's still learning life as well as faith, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but her generation, and maybe a little bit older, would would be the millennials. And I look at Christian and non Christian younger generation, um, and we're not that far removed from it, but there's a there's a gap. Mm-hmm. Um, they seem to be. And I don't know if I didn't phrase this right, more action based mm-hmm. and more easily offended. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there's 
there are a lot of good ideas that that come from from that group, but um, there's some entitlement there, right? That it's it's not they don't have a monopoly on it. Other generations have, mm-hmm. but from a Christian perspective, we all have to be humble, right? So whatever generation we were in, God calls us to humility that we're not owed anything, right? Mm-hmm. And even if we take it back to Habakkuk. They were a privileged group. The Israelites were a privileged group because God chose them to be privileged, right? That we, for a while there, they were it, you know, and and any country that they wanted to invade, God would give it to them. And as long as they behaved, he he would just continue to expand their territory, their wealth. You can go from Abraham to Solomon. They, They knew what it was like to be on top, right? But it was all contingent. On, on how they did with it. So my my question, and, and it can go back to this racial discrimination and, and civil rights that, that we're dealing with, um, but not even just with Black Americans, but um, other different subsets, you know, the Me Too movement and, and women's rights and, and homosexual and LGBT community rights and things of that sort, that just this, is Christian or non-Christian, this group um, is very vocal, Mm-hmm. is very um, questioning authority, mm-hmm. right? Some are rallying against authority, um, which in a monarchy or a kingdom, that doesn't always go over well, mm-hmm. right? And that's, we can talk about America and democracy and what, you know, whatever this is a republic or the whole nine, but there's a lot of freedom here in America, right? And we can, again, we can debate all these different terms, but for the most part, it, it, it's a, it's not a rule by the mob, but it's kind of, you're very free to say what you want to say, to believe what you want to believe. Um, even my, my wife is, is working on this petition now to get rid of the Confederate flag um, on our county flag. Mm-hmm. So it's a flag on a flag. And because it bothers her, it bothers people in the community, things of that sort. And so they're, they're really working hard. I mean, a lot of young people are being involved in this. Mm-hmm to get some of these images down. Um, I can understand it, but where I'm at, I'm like, to me, there's bigger issues, right? There's, there's other things that I'm, I'm concentrated on than that, but I understand where people are at. So to bring it back to Habakkuk and the, the children of Israel and where it's at, kind of give me your thoughts on having that that attitude towards a king a a god um where hey it's it's not that you can't question him which we talked about a few minutes ago but there's there's this sense that i don't know if maybe he can i can talk my way into it if i raise enough cane things will change or i don't have to listen to anyone right mm-hmm. um uh uh, having had parents that are maybe not as strict as they were when you and I were growing up, they don't know that obedience part. They don't know um, learning to be okay, not okay, but to praise despite, right? To worship in spite of, to have a positive attitude, even when things are not going right. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people just wear their emotions on their sleeve. Like there's no ability to to put on a happy face, right? To have a positive attitude. So I don't know if you're seeing that. I don't even know if I'm just kind of rambling, but I'm, I'm seeing it where it's like, guys, like we have to have the right attitude towards this. And if we don't, it's not going to get any better. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What am I seeing? Um, well, I've mentioned in, in previous podcasts that I work at a, a local school and uh man i I'll, I'll point to uh, something that happened last year there was a, a a lady that was fired from our school and she had very close relationships with a lot of kids and um the 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 many students decided they wanted to protest her firing um and and, and i'm 100% on board with learning what it means to have a voice, um, understanding how the law works, and un- understanding your constitutional rights. I mean, you have the right to to protest peacefully. 
Um, mm-hmm. The problem with the whole situation was it was very emotion driven. Um, and what was lacking in the whole thing was enough uh, reflective people to stop and say, OK, we feel this way. But it's not wise to simply just act on what you feel. You got to understand where is it coming from? And then you got to look at, you know, how can we most successfully move forward with our agenda? It, it That didn't happen. Um, and for the most part, they really didn't want to listen to wise counsel. I just think that's the nature of being young. Um, Mm -hmm. what's different now, I believe you just kind of pointed to it. There is a sense of entitlement. Um, there's a sense that the, now is the time to act. We can't wait. Um, there's a sense that approaches that have been used in the past may, may not get us where we want to be now. So we're willing possibly to be maybe more militant about it or just maybe more forceful. I think it's just, you're seeing some generational characteristics, period. Um, the generation that we're speaking of, and it's probably more like two generations, is nothing but a recapitulation of the baby boomers that fueled um, the the civil rights movement, the the you know the 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 move towards uh, the expression of free love and the um, the uh, opposition to the Vietnam War at that time, you're just simply seeing that same type of energy revisit this generation. And just like that generation eventually settled down, this one will as well. Not truly that it'll take some time to mature, um, but it will happen. And I also believe that, you know, going back to, the theme of Rebecca Habakkuk that God really is in control of this whole thing. And, and one of the things of that book is that he's going to use the Babylonians, even though the, it's very clearly stated in the book that the Babylonians are idolatrous, have some brutal practices and they had, they, they had some practices that today we would really, uh, you know, we would, we would, we would, uh, withdraw, you know, it, just from the, the pain of, of, some of the stuff that they went into, but nevertheless, God said, well, but this, I'm going to use this nation. I'm going to use this rise in power. Um, and I believe that the energy we see in this generation can be used in very much the same way. I mean, they, they don't mind being confrontational. They don't mind being disruptive. Um, I, I think for the most part, they've done pretty, you know, pretty good job of not tipping the scales in terms of just abject disrespect and violence. I think they've done really well with that. But in terms of simply having a voice, they they don't hold back with that. That's part of this whole thing. You and I, um, we're just in a different phase of life. That's that's if if we were that age and in this generation, we might feel the same way. We might we might ride that wave, but we're not though. You know, we We've got a little bit of living under our belt. And, um, you know, we had our brief moments of that kind of activism or that type of anger. You know, I remember when we went to Purdue, there were a couple of times that people protested and uh, you had the Million Man March that took place when we were at Purdue. So that that was there at the time, too. This is just way more amplified. So I, I believe it's all part of the plan. It is. Um, it's bringing some stuff to, to light. Um, it, it, the country is very polarized and, and the young people's movement you see is, is a huge part of that polarization. But the reality is that we've always been polarized. We just had, I mean, if you want to go to the political aspect of it, we just simply had presidents that were way more diplomatic than not the president we have now. Not to say that their underlying agendas weren't the same as his. He's just not diplomatic though. You know, so it's part of the whole thing. He's polarizing. Uh, people in general can be very polarizing. And it's it's all for a purpose. It's all to bring to light the changes that need to take place. But, you know, going back to what I feel like would really help our young people in, in terms of being rooted in, in the faith and, and, and being guided by uh, our faith. 
the changes that they believe they've got to push to make happen. My belief is that we're we're in the we're at a time where God's going to make that happen anyway. Hmm. We don't really have to do anything. This is going to happen anyway. That's where we are, you know. Um, and then, and I believe that might be a piece that's missing. They feel like they have to do it by force. The mature Christian knows that you don't have to do anything by force. Right, right. And and I I, I completely agree with with where you went with that. And it it makes me think though that depending on how you feel about biblical prophecy and end times, like each day we're a little bit closer to eternity, right? Um, and so though it is wise to study history, we know that a lot of these things are cyclical, right? So you mentioned the baby boomer generation that came out of World War II and um, how it led to a lot of prosperity in the 50s and the 60s coming out of the Depression um, because of the war primarily. But then also um, it led to um, some apathy that, hey, we're doing so well, let's let's now start tackling other things. Um, and I think, you know, there were a lot of positives that, that there were obviously huge positives that came out of the civil rights movement. Um, but it, it turned others, um, primarily, you know, white people into other covert ways of power structure and racism and, and sexism never truly got addressed. I don't think because of some of what we're still hearing now, but at some point there will have to be a, an end to the continuity. Right. Mm -hmm. So it almost you almost wonder, and I'm sure each generation did this, Kim, mm -hmm. was is this the generation where it gets really bad? Right. So Jesus, when talking with his disciples in Matthew, he talks about, you know, there'll be a time, and I know he was probably talking more immediately, but there'll be a time when father father will rise up against son and daughter will rise up against mother, and it'll just be pure chaos, and you'll be hated for my name's sake. And all these different predictions and the early church absolutely went through that. Right. So if you believe that he was just specifically talking at that time, but if you think he was talking about Christianity in general, the, the, the kingdom of God in general, the, the church, if you will, then there's going to be a time where it doesn't die down in my thoughts, right. In my, in my perspective mm -hmm. that it won't kind of you know what, they're going to mature once they get some life under their belt and they're going to start to see the world kind of from a more mature and laid back and, and really grasp the fact that God is in control. And to your point, you're right. He is so sovereign, whether they get it or not, it's going to happen, mm -hmm. right? So whether Habakkuk agreed with it or not, it was going to happen. But that's what makes me think is that, you know, if each day we're a little bit closer to eternity, is this the generation? And again, I'm sure I'm not alone with other generations before me. Or are we 100 years away, 200 years away from, you know, a real turning away, you know? And, and I start to see glimpses of it um, and some of the things that we're, Christians are not being tolerated for anymore. Christians are looked at as being antiquated and old-fashioned, and hopefully it never gets to the point where it's, it's unlawful, but um, that this generation could be that. But the other thing I think about, is that as the moral decay of not only this country, but the world continues, like I do believe the world will get worse, you know, at some point, mm -hmm. if it's not already down that path, our ability to forgive, right? Our ability to not so much turn the other cheek, but to truly forgive while still maintaining calling out sin as it is. So Habakkuk was very transparent. He was like, we deserve to be punished, right? Like we have gone wrong. How, lo how long are you going to continue to let this happen? Um, and then God sends his answer, his reply. He's not all that happy with it. But when we see injustice, like Habakkuk saw in his, in his, um, in the country that he was in, do we, and I go back to the word appetite, does this generation that's coming maybe after us, who are very vocal, who are a little bit entitled to mean a little bit more um, confrontational, like you said, not violent, but a little more confrontational. When If I were to have a conversation with a millennial about um, 
whatever's going on, whether it's the pandemic, whether it's social injustice, whether it's the disparity between the haves and the have-nots, whether it's some of our inequities with education, whether it's you know the president of the United States and and the p- political you know landscape of this country, are you willing to forgive? Right? Do you have the capacity to say, no matter what comes my way, I am I am required, right? It's not optional. I'm required to forgive. Um, trust can be broken. Mm-hmm. That that's a whole other message. But the ability to say and hear people out and give them space to be wrong, but also give them the grace to get back into the discussion, right? To never say, you know, this person has done this. I, I see it all the time on social media. Um, if you support Donald Trump or if you support Ronald, um, um, a Republican or if you support Democrats or if you were part of, uh, just unfriend me right now. I don't want to have anything to do with you, right? Because of one vote, right? Because And maybe that vote was wrong. Maybe they, they saw something that they didn't see or, or, or one decision or, or one wrong path. I want nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. No matter how, that's where I wonder if the if the body of Christ, because a lot of these people, Kim, that I, I'm seeing are professed to be Christians, mm-hmm. right? And the tenet, like one of the pinnacles of of our faith, is forgiveness, right? Like the ability to forgive, which cannot be done on your own, right? Like that's a gift that God gives you. That's that's the power that of the Holy Spirit to forgive. But give me your thoughts on that. Mm. <laughs> Man, um, whew. I so I gotta go back to something we talked about in the previous podcast. And 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 f- man, this it this can be hard for people to understand. Um, but the but the Bible is very clear on it. Um the the energy you're talking about, it's confrontational. It's 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 very in some ways it's very impulsive, uh, and you can very easily get cast into the category of being a bigot or somebody that's not doesn't care or you're not woke, you're not mm-hmm. the cause because you're not zealous. You know that's kind of the space that we're in again. What it, what I believe is this can be hard for people to, to understand. If that's the side of the fence that you find yourself on, you're playing into the very dynamics that are pushing a radical change. Um, and that radical change, in my mind, is 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 the absolute death of a society. Um, you have to be able to see whether you play into that or not. When you talked about forgiveness, you know, this man, this is huge right now. And some of the things that I've been entertaining in my own thoughts and some of the stuff I've been preaching about, I, I don't, it's probably not really hitting people the right way. Um, or it's, it's irritating them in some ways. But in the sermon I gave a couple of weeks ago, I talked about how. I don't harbor any ill will towards white people at all. I really don't. You know, when you understand the roots of white supremacy, you know, you could understand why some of the things that have taken place over the last several thousand years have happened. Um, And, you know, especially recently, the last, what, 500 years or so, we we saw, you know, the, the propaganda in terms of like, being black and what did that mean in terms of your intelligence and your innate capacities and all of that kind of stuff. We really saw that ramped up over what the last 500 years or so. What, what, what I hold on to Pete is this, this ship is going down. You've heard me say this before. It's going down the way this stuff works, the way that this, the, the whole societal structure operates. It's time for something new. If you're harboring resentment, anger, unforgiveness, then you will be part of what perpetuates 
the 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 um the split that we see in this country mm-hmm. it is part of it god if we take the example of noah's ark and i made mention of this you know in, in a previous podcast too if this ship is going down then there's an ark and there are people who are getting on that ark and when and when the flood waters settle they'll be ready to exit the ark and create and, and create something new I personally want to be on the ark. I am on the ark. Mm-hmm. What that has meant is that I've had to let go of some stuff that's just going to keep perpetuating the same stuff over and mm-hmm. over again. Mm-hmm. You know, that anger that like we demand justice, we demand change, change the laws. This is unfair. You're trying to force people to be to be forgiving. It doesn't work that way. How does it work? You forgive first. Even even if, you know, you're being treated unfairly, even if there's been a long history of being treated unfairly, this this is a this is a soul thing. This is a spiritual thing. And that's what you know, that's what we have to realize about the time that we're living in. We are in the midst of great change. But, you know, we talked about being woke in another podcast. We talked about the real Illuminati in another podcast. All of this stuff comes back full circle again. You've got to be able, you've got to be able to have vision that goes beyond the obvious, the mundane. If you just want to be reactionary, then you're going to stay stuck in the same rut. And then we're going to see this continue to go around and around and around and around. This this is about exiting the system altogether. It doesn't work anymore. And, and when it comes to what God is doing now, it's not going to work and it has to die. That's why I said earlier, it's going to change whether you want it to or not. It's going to change whether you protest or not, because what's happening is so much larger than American politics, European politics. All of that's just that's child's play. This is this is this, what we're talking about is way larger than that. Do you want to be part of it or do you not? If you decide you don't want to be part of it, you're going down with the system. That doesn't necessarily mean you die. It's that you don't really have any real influence anymore, though, because it's a whole new game that's coming into play. And the 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 kingdom qualities we've talked about, that's your ticket into it. Forgiveness is a big part of that. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree, man. And and what I think about, it was a quote, and I, I'm hoping I don't misquote this, but I heard it the other day, and they said, unforgiveness is like drinking poison mm-hmm. and hoping the person that you're not forgiving dies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm hoping to get back at them somehow, some way by drinking this poison, mm-hmm. and it, they're off living their life, yeah. right? Yeah. And 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 I, I agree. I love the example of the art because it's it's so appropriate. Mm-hmm. But it, it it blends or it bleeds into something we've talked about is and I knew we we're gonna try and say this for another podcast. I mean we can, but I think it's appropriate here, is the oxygen we give, mm-hmm. right? Is that we are all only given X amount of oxygen that we can inhale and exhale at any given time, mm-hmm. right? We we just have what's called lung capacity, right? Um, that that we can give, and if we give that oxygen, w- whatever we give that oxygen to is what is real to us. Mm-hmm. So so God breathed basically spiritual oxygen into man, and He made him real, right? He was just bones and flesh and stuff, but He made him alive, right? And all that comes with it, and He continually invests in man, right? Like this is his greatest creation. So he's always looking out for man. He's always trying to make man better. He's always trying to mature man, right? And man rebels against it. Um, but it, it's it's his oxygen. Mm-hmm. Whereas with, with us, and I'm going to let you speak on this, is all too often especially, I don't want to just keep keep going on to race, but, but all to think, sports. I know brothers and sisters that are Christians, and I, I can be in this boat as well, that I know more about sports, whatever that looks like, and high school players that are come up, coming up and to you know, be this, this guy and, and stats and stuff like that than I ever hear about Jesus, mm-hmm. right? And is there anything wrong with sports in and of itself? Not at all. 
I think it's a great form of entertainment that uh, was recognized even back in the ancient days, right? Mm-hmm. Um, politics, right? Some people you just have a, in your mind every time we talk, we gonna they gonna talk about something political, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Who, when, and what? What's gonna happen if this person gets elected? Mm-hmm. Um, some guys, all they're talking about is women, right? Just just who they've conquered and who that. Some women, all they're talking about is money. Right. Is mm-hmm. that's where you're this even in this climate, like I've learned more about the social injustices that happened in the 1800s. Right. <laughs> and it's great to be educated on that. I encourage that. Right. But do you know your biblical history that way? Right. Mm-hmm. Can, can we glean from books like Habakkuk? That's only three chapters long, but are showing us the way. Right. Mm-hmm. So. I, I agree. If, if you're spending your your political capital, your oxygen, you, yourself, your your investment, if your investment is into temporal things, like what the Bible would talk about, mm-hmm. but into things that really don't matter, right? Like they seem real, and 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 they they are from this three dimensional world. But the Bible is always talking about, and the name of this podcast is renewing your mind, thinking different. Right, viewing the world through a different lens than what you were taught. Now, this is by no means easy. It's not, but you have to practice. So, and we've talked about um, techniques that you can use to center yourself, um, mindfulness. Um, you know how to read, how how to get yourself to a point where you're open to being wrong, where you can question things in a respectful way. You can be dynamic, right? Like you can have multiple thoughts. Um, people sometimes get frustrated with me because I can say something nice about President Obama and Donald Trump, right? right? Like those are polar opposites, yeah. but I, and I can be critical of both of them and not feel that your response to me is going to change the way I feel, right? Because Dave Ramsey, he's a financial guy. He says, one thing I'm an expert on is my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. And I, what I want to be, my opinion is to be rooted in the Bible, right? Rooted in the Holy Spirit and what he shares with me so that um, when things like this come up, the pandemic, the, you know, inequities, political, you know, craziness, we're not deterred, right? We're not, we don't go with the wind or with the crowd. Like, if I find myself going too much with the crowd, I get like my spider sense starts going off, mm-hmm. man. Like man. I feel like, man, I don't know, right? Like yeah. everybody's on board with this, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yep. And they, and, and and there are certain things like with the George Floyd. I believe ninety eight percent of people look at that and say that was wrong, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think that that goes without saying. There, there's still that two or three percent that just don't get it. Mm-hmm. But that's almost my barometer is. Am I am I too far in with the world, in the world, but not of the world, mm-hmm. you know, type deal? Mm-hmm. And and what am I spending my energy? And I've I've got 24 hours, you know, 10 of those I'm sleeping, well, eight of those I'm sleeping. Um where am I focusing my attention and 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 how is that building me up to to be beneficial for someone else? Yeah. And you know, man, at the end of the day. You have to give an account for that. That's that's nobody else's responsibility but yours. So for me, um, I am very aware of groupthink. Um, just like you, man, I I, I just kind of have always had that sense of everybody's going left. I got to question that. You know, uh, I think I mentioned in another podcast, man, everybody was a Jordan fan. You know, during the era where where the Bulls were winning championships left and right, I wasn't. <laughs> I, I didn't like Jordan. I, I I generally didn't like it when when teams dominated the way that the Bulls did, and I and I came to realize, especially as I got older, it's just in my nature, and it definitely fits my faith because my understanding of being a Christian is just that it's very much going against the grain. Not for the sake of going against the crane, but questioning things, you know, um, I look at everything that way, man. Um, you know, just kind of pulling in some things, too, that we brought up in this podcast and I focus on on this this uh, 
you know, this very powerful prophetic book, um, you think about somebody like a Donald Trump. And, it, and, you know, I believe one of the reasons I can even say what I'm about to say is because of that forgiveness piece that I know has opened up a whole nother perspective on things. From a certain angle, he's doing exactly what he's supposed to do. If you're looking at what he should be as an American president, then you missed the point. That is not why this man is in office. Mm-hmm. He is a polarizer. And if you look at the entire history of Donald Trump, he always has been. He's true to form. He's doing exactly in office what he has always done. And my belief is that he is simply playing a role in terms of magnifying what has always happened in American politics. He's magnifying the fact that American politics has always been in bed with corporate America. He's just not hiding it, though. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, like he's doing exactly what it's like, man, can we just wake up and see what's going on? Along those lines, man, I have to mention this. It's, it, it's going to sound like it doesn't fit for a minute, but it really does. I was um, perusing Apple TV. We 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 got a new one and you get uh, you know, a year of free Apple TV plus and it's got like all of this programming and stuff on it. But one feature they have is um, a music app that's connected to iTunes, but you can watch rap videos and stuff. So, you know, I'm, I'm in the house and I'm bored one day and I'm like, man, let me watch one of these uh, videos. And so it was a song by this guy named Little Yachty and Drake. Hmm. And man, I'm holding my head because I'm like, are these dudes doing what I think they're doing? They are basically making fun of the fact that their rap style doesn't even really make sense. In the video, man, they, they're like telling people this stuff is buffoonery and we've made millions of dollars on it. They're like absolutely revealing it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I wonder do people think this is just some type of gimmick and it's laughable? Or are they looking into the deeper implications of this? They're telling you that the music is garbage. And people and people go for it because everything's about groupthink. Well, I put the presidency of of, of Trump in the same category. Nothing is being hidden anymore. It's right in our faces. And this, to me, it's a matter of do we just want to accept it or not? In the same right. way that Rebecca had to had to accept the fact that God is sovereign, this is the same kind of thing. Do we just are we going to accept what's right in our faces? Everything is being revealed right now. So why would you go down that route? Mm-hmm. Why would you want to continue to play this back and forth game? You know, we had Obama in office. And everybody was hopeful and the world was making a change and blah, 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 blah. And then right after that, we got Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. A heck of a flip flop. And it probably is going to flip flop again. We just keep playing the same political game. It's never going to get us what what we what we say we want, what we truly desire. That goes back to our rootedness in the faith. We know what's going to deliver it. It's not this, though. And I, and I feel like that's one of the issues with some of the movements that we're seeing. It's not rooted in something that, that has roots that go way deeper than just maybe the last 10 years or so. We need something rooted in eternity. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I'm seeing in, in part is that there's that lack of groundedness in something that's stable, something that's sure something that's enduring and something that's projecting way out past just the next year or two. Mm -hmm. That's what we need. Yeah. It it makes me think, and you know, this better than me, uh, the roots, the the hip hop um, group that was come up when we were kind of coming up in 90, I don't know, 96, 97, somewhere around there. And they made a music video. I think it's called never do. Mm -hmm. And the premise of the video was um, these guys were, uh, borrowing chains or renting yachts uh, just for the music video, right? <laughs> and they hired all these pretty girls that uh, were part of, you know, uh, a group that you were able to purchase, you know, these women for just the video shoot and mm-hmm. things of that sort. Mm-hmm. And yes, that and and yet and yet, you know, they were clearly making uh, a shot at guys like Puff and and Biggie and and guys who were real extravagant with their music videos, but saying like. Guys, you do understand that we are profiting 
from what you think is reality, mm-hmm. right? Like you you think that we live this way, but we really don't, mm-hmm. right? But we can continue to make money off of your ignorance, mm-hmm. right? And and so I think that that ties in, you know, beautifully with what you said. So dude, we're right at about an hour, and um, I, I think it's been really insightful um, talking about how back and we've gotten into a, a couple of different things as far as questioning God and um, still think, you know, that's it's, it's a personal decision, right? Mm-hmm. On on where where you want to go with that, but I think the approach is what we agreed on is. Um, paramount as to how we we approach God, but He wants a discussion. He wants you to engage, right? I think that He smiles when 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 we pick up the ball and and know that we're in a in a court or an arena that we're going to eventually have to succumb to Him. But um, I think it was um, J- um, Jacob that wrestled with God, right? Wrestled with Jesus, and mm-hmm. and He was respected for that, right? Yeah. So, um, and then we we kind of got into. Um, the forgiveness piece and, and what this generation looks like as far as um, having an appetite for for forgiveness, you know, for um, living. If, if we're Christians, we're living in a monarchy, right, where his rule yeah, there, there's no voting, <laughs> there's no elections. Um, and then kind of, you know, finishing up with um, being able to to view this world through a, a different lens, a, a lens of, uh, I think not being easily offended. Mm-hmm. I think a lens of being anti-group think, mm-hmm. right. And, and being able to, to think for yourself, but also to, to empathize with people, right. Because we were them at some point, right. So young Christians, even young people that are, that are not Christians to be able to say, one thing I've found in myself using the term more of, I understand why you're saying what you're saying. Yeah, right? I understand why you think the way you think because mm-hmm. I was there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And not be real condescending with it, but you disarm people when you agree with them, yeah, right? You when when you can at least meet them halfway and say, "I disagree with you, but I understand why you think that," mm-hmm. right? And even maybe Jesus, what God was saying that to Habakkuk is, Habakkuk, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, right? But I understand why you're questioning me. I understand why you you wonder why you're using such an evil, idolatrous people to correct us, right? Um, so yeah, they'll engage. And he did. For three chapters, he engaged with Habakkuk, a man, right? But in the end, right, in the end, Habakkuk had to back down and say, look, no matter what I think the outcome is, you're right and I'm wrong, right? Yeah. Or you're right. You're more right than I am, right? Mm-hmm. So my idea of justice, my idea of fairness is different than yours because you see the the beginning from the end. So I'm going to leave you with the last word, Kim. If you'll pray us out, um, yeah. we'll go on and, and talk to everybody next week. Yeah. The last thing I want to say before I hit the prayer is um, ignorance is bliss. Um, we... We think we want to know the mind of God completely, but you really don't, though. You know, just just be an ignorant child of God, at least to some. We're going to grow in knowledge and faith, but there's some things we don't really want to to entertain. Leave it. Leave it up to God. This is infinite wisdom. This is infinite knowledge. It's infinite love and compassion. And, and let him do his thing. Um, it's fun to play with God in that sense, you know, to to have a peek into eternity and the inner workings of what he's doing. But it's it's not something you really want to get too wrapped up in. It's too much for us. Yeah. Um, and again, we grow in faith and we, we're privy to more as we mature. But at the end of the day, no matter how much we mature in this lifetime, we never be able to fully comprehend. And, and in reality, we really don't want to. And you don't really find that out until you start to meet God on a different level and you understand just how immense his responsibilities are, just so to speak. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'll go ahead and pray us out. All right. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for the opportunity to uh, break bread in this way, to share ideas, to uh, give our listeners the inner workings of our own minds and our listeners get a chance to see two men of faith uh, that don't have all of the answers, but are in love with God um, and and like to keep our minds sharp. And, and, and we 
we understand that that's part of the growing process. Uh, we do this work very humbly. Um, we don't profess to be master theologians or anything like that. Just two men like Jacob wrestling with the angel of God, trying to, you know, trying to get to the promised land, trying to get to some understanding, trying to appropriate the grace and mercy of God even more than we already have. We thank you for every listening ear that partakes of this dialogue. And uh, we stand in absolute faith that the, the kingdom of God is being built through this work. We ask that you be with us as we think about the next topic and we keep our ear to the ground and continue to stay connected in the spirit of understanding with what's happening in our country, a country that we love, but also a country we know that uh, has to change. And as mentioned earlier in the podcast, every great kingdom has always come to its end. And so will America. That's not anti, uh, it's not, uh, what word am I looking for? Anti-patriotic. It's just the truth. It's, it's, it's the way that history moves and nobody can stop that. That's the working of God. That's the wisdom of God. Uh, and there's nothing that we can do to change that. So again, Lord, we thank you for your infinite wisdom. We thank you for the fact that you are so much wiser than we are and you can handle all of the workings of your creation. And so more than anything, Lord, let us take the lesson of this great prophetic book and, and rest in your providence, rest in your wisdom and rest in the love that you have for your creation. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, there it is, guys. Another episode in the books. We appreciate everyone that tuned in. Kim, thank you again for bringing all that wisdom to the uh, to the podcast. And like we say every every week that we do this, love God, love people, and always remember to renew your mind. See y'all next time.